Welcome to the Evolvepreneur podcast channel, which is sponsored by Evolvepreneur.biz, a new online community-based platform designed to help develop your skills and knowledge to be massively successful in this new digital age. Your host today is John North, who is a three-time number one international best-selling author and strategic marketer. John's passion is to help business owners to master the online marketing world. Okay, welcome to Volpreneur Podcast. My uh, very special guest today is Derek Mildred, who's a SEO LinkedIn coach and trainer. It's also involved in Facebook, Instagram, and website stuff. So we're going to have some interesting conversation today because we're going to talk about lots of different things possibly because we do, um, we've had conversations before and we get very sidetracked. So <laughs> it's my job today to try and keep us on track. Thank uh, you, John. So, it's so a welcome. pleasure to be here. Thanks, thanks, mate, for coming along. Um, so we had a bit of a chat before and we sort of thought, well, we should have a podcast about this and we should have actually probably used the chat as a podcast originally, so I'll have to write, recreate our original chat. Um, but tell me a little bit about, um, you know, I guess, who you are and what you do so we give a bit of a background for the audience. And then we'll sure. Um, well, initially with LinkedIn, I first opened up an account with LinkedIn way, way back in 2004. And like many people, I... I pretty much did nothing with it for, for many years. So and, like then, <laughs> and then uh, it was in 2014, some 10 years later, um, when I was doing websites for clients and SEO for clients, that um, somebody mentioned to me that LinkedIn was fast becoming the professional or the business version of Facebook. And that raised my eyebrows, that raised my ears and, and got me really interested. And I thought to myself, well, maybe I should have a look at this platform again. And so I managed to dig up my old login details and logged into the platform and noticed that I had a lowly 200 and something connections. And uh, so I, I basically got comfortable with the platform and, and using it. And basically the, the, the rest is history. I mean, within a year I, I jumped to about 1900 connections and uh, uh, one, top 1% profile views. Uh, amongst all my connections and I was starting to generate business out of it and that was the exciting part and um, then within an, another year I, I put on about another three or four thousand connections and then um, uh, the following year I put on 10,000 connections in the one year which I was very happy about so today I've got um, about 19,000 connections and about 20,000 followers all up and um, it's, it's just been quite an, an extraordinary journey. And mm -hmm. to say that it is the professional or business version of Facebook is exactly right. It, it mm -hmm. works very differently. Mm -hmm. um, and, and that's one of the things that takes a little bit of getting used to. But yeah, it's, it's a magnificent yeah. platform. Uh, Website-wise, um, I've built websites for clients all around the country. And uh, one of the things that I, I did that uh, was a point of difference was that I actually provided a 100% money-back satisfaction guarantee that I would rank them on page one on Google for search terms related to their particular business, mm. which I've managed to deliver on every single time. Yeah, okay, nice. Yeah, we do um, bestseller guarantees and they always look at it and say, well, is it possible? So, well, with the system, anything's possible, right? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Once you know what you're doing yeah. uh, and you've done it before, you can repeat the process. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Unless somebody stuffs you up a long way, you're okay. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, um, I guess we'll, we'll probably talk about a couple of tangents, but one of the things that I sort of, and you see a lot of it now, and I think probably because of Facebook advertising and the fact that Facebook is, in some respects, people consider to be the internet, um, because most people log into Facebook first. But is SEO and, and Google ads and all this, are they dead, do you think? Or do you think that they've, they've had to kind of take a step back and try and figure out who they really are? 
Look, they're not dead. Um, several years ago, Facebook decided that it would compete head on with Google. Mm. And now they are winning that. Mm. Okay. And the, the sole reason that they are winning that sort of um, competitiveness or competition between the two of them is, is basically because people spend more time on Facebook. Yeah. Because, I mean, the reality is, you know, I've seen quite a few presentations about talking about Google and stuff like that, and people spend very little time actually on Google. Yeah. They, they spend time on, a, on wherever they click on. Yes. The reality exactly. is it's only a very short period of time. So Google has very little um, face time, essentially, with those, with those users. Well, the way online is basically headed uh, nowadays and for several years down the track, there's a thing that I describe as online profiling. Mm -hmm. And so from a prospect to your business point of view, um, if a prospect wants to know about your particular business, they will look at your website. If they want to know about the people who manage, run or operate or own that business, they're going to check you out on LinkedIn. Mm -hmm. That same prospective client or customer wants to know how you interact with your clients or customers, then they're going to check you out on Facebook. Yep. And so therefore the message across those three platforms needs to be consistent. Mm. And if it's not, if there's anything there that creates any kind of doubt, negativity or scepticism, that prospective client or, or customer, they don't have time to sort it out themselves. Mm. They just click on their mouse and they go elsewhere. Yep. Yep. A very short time period of time before you've basically lost them. Yeah. Yeah. So do you find that um, like you're still doing the SEO work? Are you doing SEO work for traditional bricks and mortar type companies or is it more online? What? Where's the um, traditional bricks and mortar type companies? I mean, let's face it, retail is doing it really tough these days with more and more e-commerce websites going up every day. Um, so the bricks and mortar type companies, the service-based companies, they still need that presence and, and they will do for many years ahead. So mm -hmm. Google will still be around for, for many years ahead. Um, but with Facebook, uh, the average user spends 40 minutes a day on the thing. Mm. And there's some very interesting statistics about what people do when they first wake up in the morning. They, they look at Facebook, how many times a day they check out Facebook. Yeah. Um, it's, it's just got that attraction that mm. keeps on dragging them back to it. And that's why one of the reasons why from a advertising or marketing perspective, Facebook can work extremely well. Mm. Yeah. And I think that's the thing is that, and then probably in, in your respect is, it's kind of a circle of, of um, the conus in a circle, if you like. Basically, people will go one place and go somewhere else. So obviously, if you can pixel them, which we might talk about in a minute, um, pixel that traffic, and, and so they go into the website and then go into Facebook, yep. and, and then LinkedIn, uh, you know, I know you can pixel traffic, although I haven't seen much success in doing that, but the reality is, is that you can pixel that traffic. So the reality is, is depending on which way their customer's coming, yep. strategy around that. So obviously, if, if they are going to a website, and about something, then you want to retarget them. And obviously a lot of that happens. I've seen, you know, you, you go and Google something and then suddenly it's showing up on Facebook as, as that ad. Absolutely. Um, look, the, the top advertisers or marketers online, the, the people who are switched on to pixels and, and remarketing or retargeting, they're aware that uh, retargeting can increase their inquiries and their interest and conversions by up to 40%. So that's, that's quite a significant amount. Mm -hmm. And the, the reason for that is if somebody goes to your website and then they go to Facebook, they get distracted or they just go to the Facebook for the sake of it. Yep. And then the next thing they see is an ad for your particular website. Then mm -hmm. that helps drag their interest back to what their initial interest was about. Mm -hmm. and yeah. So they can find out more about you and then that can help that entire inquiry or sales process along. 
And I think what people understand is that when they said, a lot of people I talk to, when they talk about pixels, they wonder what the hell that is. In reality, it's just a tracking code. It's just a way of tracking. Just a piece of code. Seeing, seeing what happens. So, and Facebook's, because the reality is most people log into Facebook first, as you say. So if they go off and do Google searches, straight away, Facebook's getting that, that traffic. And they're yep. tracking what's going on. And it's probably why, you know, they're beating Google because basically Google doesn't have the opposite effect. So there's, there's yeah. one thing that Facebook actually does that Google doesn't do and pretty much never will. And that is when you set up your Facebook profile, uh, you, you, this is your own personal page, uh, or your own personal profile page as such. You actually tell Facebook all about yourself. You mm. tell it, you tell it usually your relationship status, um, the area that you live in, what your interests are, your hobbies, um, the types of TV channels or programs that you watch, movies, books that you read, whatever your interests are, uh, music that you listen to, etc. And then what happens is with that information, Facebook builds up some data on you about what you actually like, what your interests are. And then as you start scrolling through the news feed and you start uh, liking and commenting on different posts, Facebook builds up further data about what it is that you actually like. Mm. So what, what does it do with that information? It feeds you more of that type of content. Mm. And the reason being is because Facebook wants to keep you on there as long as possible. It's good for Facebook and it's good for advertisers, marketers, businesses, etc. It's also good for the people because they get more and more content that they're actually interested in. It's actually interesting too, because I mean that whole um, stuff with with Trump and the Russians and all the all the Facebook stuff that went on. I I remember when the election was going on that I showed interest. A lot of people showed interest in Trump, and so you'd get all this positive Trump stuff coming at you because you went and looked at his site, and then all the negative stuff about the other people. Yeah. And it was interesting how that kind of played out. And it's like when you think back, it's oh, well, you have a lot of you, you saw very little about the other other candidates because you were showing interest in one candidate. So it can be very different. You know, your experience in, in, um, in Facebook can be very different to someone else's. So the reality is, is that you could very well show interest in something and then they're just going to convert you into that idea because yeah. you don't see anything else that actually contradicts it. Yeah, it's, it's, um, it, it keeps feeding you more and more of the stuff that you actually like or, or show interest in or comment on. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's also on both LinkedIn and Facebook, there's a bit of an unwritten rule and that is to, to try and keep religion and politics out of it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's working better on LinkedIn, that rule, than it is on Facebook but, um, because we've got elections here in Australia and we've got mm-hmm. um, political parties putting their stuff all over it. But, um, yeah, there's, there's basically an unwritten rule. I mean, I... I do not comment on any political posts or, or religious posts um, just as a, a, a matter of principle. Yeah. I think it's dangerous. Yeah. I mean, the thing is that everybody's got an opinion. It's actually quite interesting. Apparently Netflix does the same thing. So when you're on Netflix, you, you have a different user experience. They actually switch out the pictures of the actual shows to fit your own personality. Yeah. So they're actually taking, looking at it and going, okay, your personality based on what you're watching and stuff like this, you'd probably respond more to these types of posters than someone else would. Well, it's, it's interesting. It makes perfect sense. Give the people what they want. Yeah, exactly. Because at the end of the yeah. day, why would you want to provoke content that you, that's all designed to keep you to stay there? Yeah. I mean, look at look at TV in the past. TV in the past, you had your your TV guide, and you had you selected from the, all the programs that they thought that the public was actually interested in. Mm-hmm. Whereas these actual platforms, based on the data of what it is that you've shown or or, or demonstrated that you're interested in, it will feed you more and more of that particular content. 
And I think it's one thing the businesses need to understand is that a lot of them will sit there, oh, that's really bad. You know, you're basically gamifying or you're, um, you're, you're tricking people and doing things. But the reality is, is that they know exactly what works to keep people engaged and keep them where they want them to be. Yeah. There's lots of things you can learn from that um, in terms of your own business, I think, is getting people to come back to you and, and that repeat kind of process. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, we've, in business, we've had the age old saying for many, many years, give the customer what they want and you'll have a business. Yeah. Um, and, and that's exactly what these platforms are doing. Mm, yeah. So it's interesting to see how far it goes in some respects. Um, so you also do Instagram. I, I see that you do. Some um, I have managed some Instagram for some clients. Mm -hmm. uh, I do have an Instagram myself, which I'm a, I, an Instagram account myself, but I have not done anything with it, but I have actually managed Instagram for clients and booked ads mm -hmm. and, and done all that sort of stuff for them. The interesting thing with Instagram is it uses the same advertising platform as Facebook. You, you mm -hmm. actually book your ads from the, the Facebook mm -hmm. platform. And that's one of the areas that I'm good at is, is that platform. And so that was easy for those particular clients. Mm. Um, the, the thing with the advertising platform within Facebook is it is the most targeted platform on the planet because it has so much data on people's interests and what they like. And so yeah. you can narrow down your ad to more and more of the right people that you want to put your ad or your post or your content in front of. So do you, um, so if, you, if a business person say like in our audience is mostly entrepreneurs, possibly online, um, where do you think if, if you had to um, start tomorrow and, and start from scratch again, and let's say you want to build a business up, where would you, where would you do? What would you do in that process? What tasks would you undertake? Do you think, would you go off and try? Cause the reality is, is you could, you could spend a year trying to get your SEO working on your website, get your LinkedIn profile up and running your Facebook ads working. So yep. you could spend a lot of time on all those things. Um, and get nothing, right? Yeah. Because the reality is that sometimes you do them all poorly. <laughs> so it's almost like you're splitting your, yourself up and trying to do that. I mean, a lot of times when we talk to clients, we say, look, I think Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn, and perhaps YouTube if you've got a video presence, um, but that's a big task to undertake. What's you reckon is the fastest, quickest way for someone to get some sort of result? Um, Traction online mm. and, and, and generating inquiries. Yeah, it's getting some leads in. Yeah, so okay. I'm on the spot here. <laughs> no, that's fine. Um, the very first thing that I would recommend is okay. Look at what their competitors are doing. Mm -hmm. I'd, I'd write down a list of their their top five main competitors. Yeah, and I would look at what they're doing. Okay, and that could be as as simple as looking what sort of content those competitors are, are putting up. Yeah. Okay. Yep. And then I would um, ask the, the agile question, okay, who is your ideal client or customer avatar? Who's your target audience, your target market? Mm -hmm. Okay. And do they have any particular problems or challenges or issues that your business solves? Mm -hmm. Okay. And so with that in mind, I'd then look back at that content of the competitors and I'd say, right, are, are these actual competitors or are they just somebody who are sort of in the same industry? Okay, because people can specialize in different areas and, and they can have particular areas of specialty that problems or issues that they solve for clients that their competitors might not even be looking at. Yep. Okay? So identifying that customer avatar, that client avatar is, is vital. Um, then I would say, okay, where does that client or customer spend most of their time? How can I get to them? Mm, mm. Right? And what's the best way of getting to them? Um, the, we all run a mile. We, we hang up the phone whenever we experience a sales pitch. Yep. Okay. And so sales pitches are a, a, 
are slowly, or, or I should say, um, they're, they're dying a slow, painful death. People don't like being sold to. Um, so pretty much gone are the days when you can get on the phone and you can do a fast pitch to somebody and you can try and generate an appointment. Okay, you've got to you've got to establish, you've got to build, you've got to nurture that relationship with them, and that builds the trust and like factor. And then when the time's right, they'll get in contact with you, mm. and that comes from posting content online. Now, the beautiful part about um, the, the facilities and the opportunities with um, the online platforms, e.g. Google, Facebook, LinkedIn, etc., is that you can target people. There are several different ways that you can target people. Um, if you have a particular client avatar, let's say you, you work solely with accountants, um, you can acquire lists of accountants and you can upload those lists to Facebook and then you can put an ad directly to just that list of accountants in Melbourne, for example. Um, and that's legal, it's acceptable, it's, um, it's allowable, there's no problems, dramas or issues with it. Um, and there's several different ways that you can do that. Um, and so that's probably where I would get started would be to acquire lists mm -hmm. and to look at targeting particular target markets with those lists, but importantly, building the relationship, establishing, building, nurturing that relationship with quality content so that what literally happens is when they make the inquiry with you, their mind in most cases is almost about 85% made up that they will go ahead with you provided that your pricing is within their area of expectations. Well, you upset them on the way. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so that's the thing I think yeah, it's very critical in that first um, relationship, I think, and that's some of the things that I've seen a lot of times with clients is they'll we'll get all this right, but then their initial client react, um, relationship or that initial engagement to the actual client itself when they talk to them can be wrong, can be bad. Yeah. And, and they go, well, I'm a losing sales because the reality is you've actually deterred them away because the way that you've done business with them, like whether you've there's an easy way to book an appointment, for example, which I find bizarre in that people will just always put online, you know, an email address or something like that for you to go and contact them. And you start this email trail going backwards and forwards. And I think the best solution I've ever done in the end of the day is to put an appointment calendar on the back end of your system yep. and manage it properly. Because at the end of the day, then for me, I mean, for LinkedIn, I basically just wait for appointments to come in. I don't look looking for them. Yeah. And I think that's the important thing that a lot of people don't do is they don't allow any way easy to deal with, with the, the, to deal with you. Mm -hmm. And I think that's one important thing that I've seen a lot of these guys spend a lot of money on one end and nothing on the other end. I, I think the whole process needs to be considered where you want to make it as easy as possible for the prospective client or customer to get in touch with you. Mm. Um, and, and currently the ability to book appointments with you online uh, that's confirmed instantly back to that prospective client or customer that just makes the whole process much easier. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, we did a, I did an appointment the other day for a client there where we're talking to a, it's a three day event that we're going to go to and they, and they realized it's, I sent them to an appointment link. So it looks like you run a tight ship. So that was an impression that they yeah. got. And I yeah. think that's the thing that you're trying to do is get that very first impression because that means that they will show up to the call or they'll show up at the appointment where it happens. But in this day and age, the amount of people don't do it, it surprises me. You <laughs> give them the tech out there. Well, you know? it's, it's, it's funny you mentioned that. Um, I have a, a friend who's a former client of mine who lives in uh, Queensland, mm -hmm. and uh, he's a business broker. And he, he tells this very famous story where he has friends come over from overseas, particularly the US. And uh, without a doubt, all of them say to him, 
we, we love your country. We love everything about it with, the, with one exception. He, they say that the service is terrible. Mm. And he, he looks at them and he goes, I know, isn't it great? And they look at him with this strange look on, on their face and, and he says, because if you're a business that provides good service, people flock to it. Yes, exactly. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's part of the thing is because if you become like everyone else, then you're in trouble, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah cool. Um, so one of the things we talked about a while back was um, the fact you went through and did this LinkedIn course. Yeah. So I want to tell you, tell me about your journey to get that course done because that's obviously something. In fact, I just got off the call with a, with um, Casey, who I'm doing an interview, a podcast interview with next week, who um, when we talked about it, he put up a bunch of all these reasons why he didn't want to do a course, even though he really wanted to do a course, right? Yeah. And I think, you know, for you, obviously, there was a decision making of why you'd want to do this course, but then you you didn't want a scenario where you're building it on the fly. You wanted to build it beforehand. So tell me what your thoughts Absolutely. Well, my, my course is called LinkedIn to More Business and uh, the business behind it, that's the, the product or the name of the course. Mm. And uh, the business behind it is called Results Formula and it will be launching probably at the start of May. The course is actually finished right now. Mm -hmm. um, and it was born out of basically uh, the challenges of getting used to how LinkedIn actually works because, um, yes, there are... There is a help section on LinkedIn, mm -hmm. um, but it's pretty hard to find out what to do on LinkedIn, what works, what doesn't work. LinkedIn will never send you a notification saying you, can't, you cannot do that or you've done something wrong. So occasionally people can experience uh, challenges or frustrations with it, which is exactly what I went through. Mm. And um, because I, I was literally just trying to generate some business with the thing. And I, I was just trying to, I didn't want to upset anybody. I didn't want to do the wrong thing. I, I just basically wanted to, to generate some business with it. I wanted to build my profile. I wanted to connect with more people in my target market and um, basically just keep on going. And I had conversations with uh, LinkedIn's head office and um, some of them were good. Some of them were a little bit somewhat challenging mm -hmm. and um, with, with customer support, which is what many people have experienced. And um, I, I thought to myself, there's got to be a whole lot of people out there that are going through the same experience that I am. Mm -hmm. And I said, right, that's it. I'm going to put together a LinkedIn course. Mm -hmm. And um, so my course literally took 18 months to build and develop. Mm -hmm. Okay, it wasn't something I put together overnight. I wish it was. Um, <laughs> so you're not going to tell me you can put a course together in 10 minutes and have it live next week, right? <laughs> uh, well, well, it's funny you mentioned that. I actually went along to, because my course will be sold via um, webinars, mm -hmm. and I went along to a weekend seminar which taught people how to put together webinars. Mm -hmm. And the, there was some great information in this, this weekend seminar. But one of the things that the, the guy spoke about, he said, get the sales and then build the course. Mm. And I sat there listening to that. I thought, you've got to be kidding me. And um, I, I, I did not go down that road because I thought, hang on, I know exactly what I want in my course. The very first thing I did when I decided that I built my course is I wrote down all the chapter headings, mm -hmm. everything that I would want included in that course. And that gave me an idea of how long it was going to take me to build this thing. And also to research it to make sure everything was, was correct and spot on and also mm -hmm. to, to double check it by testing it out myself and with clients, etc. 
And um, so, yeah, it's, it's, it's ready to launch. Uh, it's also, I believe, the only course out there with a referral system as part of it. It shows people how to generate referrals within LinkedIn. And that's uh, actually called the Relationship Building Referral System, and it does work extremely well. And, um, yeah, really excited about it. I'm very proud of it too. Nice. It'll be good to see. Maybe we can uh, talk about it once it's out and running. And, and Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Cool. So, um, yeah, I mean, I think that there's a challenge with some people because some people are fairly highly organized and have done course creation before. I mean, I'm, I know of a guy in the, in the States that essentially does that. He'll launch something and then he'll record the course as he's doing it. Yep. Uh, he's got a system for that. And so I think the danger is that sometimes people go out there and go, oh, let's go and create a course on the fly. But the reality is, is it may not work out the way you expect because you might that, you'd be that organized or even done one before. Yeah, so I think, um, you've got to be careful. I mean, if you're going to do something like that, maybe create a little course. <laughs> I think it also, um, I think it comes down to as well as, 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 okay, how much value do you want to give with this particular course? Mm. And you, you, I th what I did is I, I put a lot of thought into it and I thought, okay, if somebody purchases my course, what are they going to see first up? Mm, mm. Okay, and if I'm promising to give them a new module every week for the next six months or, or, or for the next year, whatever that might be, they're not going to see that first up. Mm, okay, mm. and so I, I chose a different road. I, I said, okay, I'm going to build the entire course first. I'll make updates to it as, sure. as time goes on. Um, but I want my clients or my customers to be able to see exactly what they're getting as soon as they purchase the course they can see everything that's in there because that's the other thing too you'll get some people who want to make it make changes or updates to their profile you'll get other people who want to change their posting strategy or their content strategy you'll get other people who who will want to do stuff with video etc and so there's different chapters there's different modules that cover each of those mm -hmm. um, you'll get some people who want to advertise and so there's a module there to, for how to advertise Nice. Sounds yeah. pretty exciting. I'd be interested to see when it finishes. Yeah. Happy to give you a look at it. Nice. Well, we'll let, we'll let everybody know. So um, if someone wanted to get in touch with you, what's the best way to do that? Um, either via my LinkedIn All profile. All the platforms. <laughs> All the platforms, yeah. Suddenly you've got a big long list of platforms, right? No, no. The, the, the best way to get in touch with me is via LinkedIn. Just, just yep. look up Derek Mildred at LinkedIn yep. and uh, send me a message uh, or an email and, and yeah, happy to, to talk further. Or you can uh, send me an email at uh, Derek at results-formula.com. And that's D-E-R-I-C-K. Yes. Yes, very cool. Now maybe get the spelling right because it's. <laughs> I'm a stickler for trying to get the spelling right. Sometimes it's like the worst thing in the world is to send an email to someone or message someone with the wrong name spelt. That's right. The wrong name entirely. <laughs> LinkedIn's LinkedIn's uh, great where you can just literally type in my name and I'll come up and um, yeah. that's the easiest way to find me. Nice, cool. Well, thank you so much for coming along. I really appreciate your time and and talking about this sort of things. I mean, we could have probably gone for hours on this, but I think yeah. So. Is there any sort of takeaways you want to give someone at the, at the end of this, like in terms of what they should go do now? Let's say in LinkedIn, you know, one thing they should probably do on their LinkedIn profile they probably haven't done. The, the best thing that people can do with their LinkedIn profile, there's a couple of takeaways I would suggest. Mm -hmm. One is make sure you've got a, a good headshot. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Um, the, the other is, is make sure you've got your header image that is relevant towards your target market and what your target audience, your target market is looking for in your industry. Okay. Yep. Yep. Um, so headshot and header image. Mm -hmm. Try to have your profile as complete as possible, uh, preferably mm -hmm. with an all-star rating. Yep. Um, and 
if even better still to have your profile optimized. Um, And then the other thing that's really important is with anything online these days, try not to sell. Mm -hmm. Okay. Instead, educate and inform. Yep. Makes sense. And and so that allows you to establish, build and nurture that relationship. And uh, what you'll literally find is, is when you do that consistently, uh, when those inquiries start to come in, they'll be the easiest business you've ever done. And I think at the end of the day, if someone looks at your LinkedIn profile and they're impressed enough to do business with you or keep take to the next step, you've done the job. You know, your sell, selling is your job. Yeah. Right? When you talk to them, I don't think yeah, trying to make it, trying to sell up front, um, unless it's something very easy. Well, it's not that much stuff nowadays you could buy off the page. But at the end of the day, you know, being being um, it's almost like the old yellow pages where you basically gave someone an impression of what the business is like. Yeah. Um, nowadays, you, that, that's their first impression. It's almost your business card. So, exactly. And there's, there's the age-old saying, the best salespeople don't actually sell. Yes, exactly. And, yeah, um, yeah and it sells itself, essentially. So, it's cool. All right. Thanks so much. Um, and My pleasure. Up on, on our podcast and stuff. And um, I really appreciate your time. And Great to be here, John. Uh, my pleasure. Thank you very much for the opportunity. Thank you. Cheers. You've just been listening to another great Evolvepreneur podcast interview. We hope you enjoyed it. Please visit evolvepreneur.biz today to find out more about our online community and how you can take part. 